What's up, Rock family? Happy Sunday, happy Sunday. And if you are here in the United States, uh, happy 4th of July. Uh, all around the world, we are celebrating our independence today. And so we want to thank all of y'all for watching and tuning in. But happy 4th of July to everybody in the U.S. Happy independence and freedom in Christ to everybody else. I'm Miles McPherson, pastor of the Rock Church, and we are so excited that you're here for us today in part two of our series called Smell the Roses. So let's get on our knees. Hit that share button on your device and let's get this word out, uh, message out to as many people as possible. Um, this is a message God gave me during my season of being sick with COVID. And I'm so excited about what the whole message, the whole series is going to do for you and encourage you. And we got this week and two more weeks and it's going to get stronger and stronger and it's going to end with a bang. I mean, the last message is, is probably what has impacted me the most. So, Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for what you are doing and what you're going to do and how you're going to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to say hello to all the campuses, everybody watching everywhere. God bless you. Uh, God bless you. I miss you. I'm so glad to be back in the pulpit. So glad to be um, getting better. I know a lot of people have been asking me how I'm doing. I'm not 100%. I still have ways of feeling like I'm having a relapse. Uh, but... I'm not contagious, but COVID is a, is a very, I never had anything like it. And I wouldn't trade it for the world, wouldn't trade it for the world, learned a lot through it. But um, you could, I appreciate, appreciate your prayers because it is an uh, ongoing thing, ongoing thing. Anyway, get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out on the count of three. Say word, one, two, three, word. Let's turn to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 3. And I also want to... Um, just give a shout out to all my fellow COVID patients and everybody has very different experiences, but I'm praying for all of you uh, because I, I'm sure a lot of you are having similar um, effects as I am. And my, I can tell you, family, my life has changed. My, um, it has changed how I have to operate at least until I get 100%, which I am not. So I appreciate your prayers, really appreciate your prayers for my health. Um, in the Bible, there are three different metaphors to describe spiritual maturity. Three different categories of metaphors. Metaphors are stories that compare one thing to another. And there are three different kind of metaphors. There's animal metaphors. In other words, stories or illustrations that compare us to animals. And these metaphors tell us and describe what we should not be like. God, or, or something negative, like you're dumb like sheep, or you're deceitful like a wolf, wolves in sheep's clothing, or a dog, or you have a tongue like a viper. These metaphors describe ways we shouldn't be. Then there are manufacturing metaphors that talk about being tested in fire. And these metaphors talk about how what we really are is proven. Hey, your works are going to be proven by fire. You'll be rewarded in heaven. Yes, you will be rewarded in heaven for your faithfulness, your sincere faithfulness. For the people who are just playing God and going to church just for show, you're not going to get any credit for that. But for the people who act out of faith, your works are going to be tested by fire, manufacturing in a furnace, and you're going to come out, what's by faith is going to come out like gold and silver. So that's going to happen. So just know you can't fool God. And, and if you ever feel like, man, they're, they're not really sincere, God will take care of that. 
So you got animal metaphors that talk about what we shouldn't be like or something negative. You got manufacturing industrial metaphors that talk about how God's going to prove what we really are. But then you have plant metaphors. And these metaphors and comparisons to plants and living things talk about what we should be like. Anytime you read a plant metaphor, it talks about what God is expecting of us. He, he expects us to be like a vine in the, in the branches, a vine that is dependent on, uh, branches dependent on the vine, and that's how we're going to bear fruit. The Bible talks about us bearing spiritual fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And I, and I would argue that the fruit is love and peace, patience, kindness is all part of love. But either way, it is fruit that, that is coming out of your life. Last week I started this series called Smell the Roses, which is a plant. And I talked about when I was in COVID, when I was suffering from COVID, I was in the house, in the bed for, you know, two and a half, three weeks, just like a zombie. As a matter of fact, I went for a walk in my neighborhood and I was walking around for three hours in my neighborhood like this. And I was waiting for them to call the cops because I looked like I was, you know, I was in a bad way. And I had a stick in my hand. Why have, I just found a stick and I was like, hey, I haven't had to carry a stick in a long time since I was a little kid. So I'm walking around my neighborhood with this four-foot stick like this in just bummy clothes for three hours. I was, I was done for three, three weeks. I started walking in my yard and I realized I had all these roses in my yard. And I started cutting these roses, smelling these roses, caring for these roses. And thus you have the series called Smell the Roses. Because it was during that time when God shut me down, shut me up, stop, shut my brain down. And maybe slow down and be quiet that I was able to notice something beautiful in my yard that I had ignored for nine years. So this series is called Smell the Roses. Now, a rose is not the plant. A rose is the potential of the plant relationship I could have. Now, let me say, the rose was not the plant. It was the relationship I had with the plant and how much of a blessing it could be. So in our life, a rose, what I'm talking about, a rose is the potential of a loving relationship you can have with every person you meet. A lot of times we say smell the roses with the people we want. We are, we, I'm not appreciating who you are. I'm not appreciating who you are. But I'm going to expand that instead of appreciate, not appreciating who somebody is. That a rose is that we are not appreciating what that relationship can be. That if you really love somebody the way you were supposed to, that relationship can be so much better. That's the rose. Because roses don't just sit there like they are. They, they bloom, then they die. They bloom. Right now I have all these new buds because I cut them all up. I cut all the roses off to make these bouquets. But now I got all these little buds and literally day by day I'm watching this happen. And so a rose in our context is the potential of a loving relationship. Smelling the roses is pursuing that potential. Nurturing that potential. Imagine if you, every person you met, you, 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 would, you realize our relationship could be so much better if I did the right things. And that's what we're going to talk about in this whole series, how you do the right things. And, and, and the, so smelling the roses is pursuing, nurturing, developing, putting time in to, to improve the, a loving relationship with people in your life. And loving means to be like God because God is love. So when we talk about having a loving relationship, we're talking about how can I nurture a relationship between me and you that God would have between me and you based on God's love. And so today we're going to talk about first step, my relationship with God. Our anchor verse is um, 
Matthew twenty two thirty seven. 37, it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, and soul, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, and soul. We're going to talk about that first. And then you shall love your neighbor as yourself, but your neighbor's love, loving your neighbor has to come after you love yourself because you have to love yourself first, and then you love your neighbor. So we're going to talk about three very simple steps on how to smell the roses. One, slowly and carefully draw near and acknowledge and appreciate the rose. I was going so fast for nine years, I didn't notice these roses. God shut me down in COVID and said, I want you to come near it. I want you to, I was already slowed down, so he slowed me down. And I was walking around my yard in my robe like this. And I would just go up to these plants and smell them. And I'll go up to another one. Now you have to understand, you had to, I had to be slow, I had to be quiet, I had to be calm. I'm fast, loud, and not calm, <laughs> not patient. And I was just like this day after day. And then I would touch the plant and I'd go to another one. He wants you to slowly draw near to the rose. Then number two, patiently study the rose. I'm, I had to learn how to nurture them. Because I wanted more and I wanted to enjoy them and I wanted to, I wanted to multiply them. So I had to patiently understand how they function. I'm, I'm, I have a lot to learn. I'm getting ready to plant some more in my house. When's, so I had to learn when's the best, how do, how do you plant them? Are there bare root uh, roses and then there's roses in, in bowls and, and how do I prepare the ground? I got to study them if I'm going to multiply. And then three, meticulously and faithfully over time. Care for the rose. In our context, care for the relationship. So, anchor verse. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, and soul. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The first relationship we're going to talk about today is loving God. If you do not love God, you cannot love yourself the way you're supposed to. And if you do not love yourself the way you're supposed to, you cannot love other people. Let me say it again. Get this in your head. If you got a problem with somebody else's and you are trying to love that person, you're struggling, you need to understand how you love yourself because you're not going to love them any better than you love yourself. And you can't love yourself any better than you can love God. And, and the only reason we can love ourselves is because, the only reason we can love at all is because God gave us love because God is love. We love God first because, we love God because he loved us first. He started it. So the first step is to understand how to Love God. So point one is slowly draw near and acknowledge and appreciate the rose. In other words, slowly draw near and appreciate what is the loving relationship you have already with God. I'm going to read the story to you, Samuel. Samuel went through this, these three steps in his growth from this kid who was studying to be a priest. He's a little boy studying to be a priest under a guy named Eli. Eli's the priest and Eli has two wicked sons. And Samuel has a pure heart. And he's studying and God is going to speak to him. Three times. He's going to speak to him and Samuel's going to go, Eli, did you call me? I didn't call you. Goes back to bed again. God speaks to him. Samuel, Samuel. Eli, did you call me? He says, I didn't speak to you. Then the third time, he's laying in bed. Eli, uh, Samuel, Samuel. God speaks to him. And he goes, Eli, did you call me? And he thinks Eli's calling him because he didn't understand God's voice. Eli says, ah, God is calling you. You're hearing God's voice. Next time you hear that voice, say, speak, Lord, 
your servant. Listen, look what it says in chapter 3 of Samuel, verse 8. Chapter 3, verse 8. It says, the Lord calls Samuel again the third time. Let me tell you something. God's been calling you. Promise you. I promise you. God's been screaming. He, he, he didn't really scream. He's been calling you over and over and over again. And you ain't listening. Now you may say, how do you know I'm not listening? Uh, I'm, just, I'm just guessing <laughs> that you're not hearing him. Trust me, none of us, this is, this is a guess. We don't all, none of us hear God as much as we, he wants us to. So it says, God calls Samuel a third time. How many, think, how, many, how many times do you think God has told you stuff that you did not listen to? And you knew it was him. Don't go out with that girl. And you go out anyway. Don't go out with that dude. And you go anyway. Get your heart broke. Blame God. Ain't God's fault. He warned you. So look what it says. The Lord called Samuel a third time. Third time. And he rose and went and said, Eli, here I am. For you, did you call me? And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said, go lie down. And it shall be if he calls you, say, speak, Lord. Your servant. Listen, can you imagine if every time... This is, this, is, this is a million dollar insight right now. If every time you heard it, what you thought was God's voice, you said, speak, Lord, I'm listening. You know what you got to do to listen? Shut up. Be quiet. Get out of pen. Can you imagine? And this is so practical right here. If every day you woke up, before you opened your eyes, say, God, I'm listening. Got out of bed, sat with your Bible. God, um, I have a chair that I sit in every morning, right by a window, every day. I get up before the birds, so I wait for them to start chirping. When I had COVID, I used to sit in that chair for three hours, four hours, like this, and it wouldn't move. My water was right here. I couldn't pick it up. My brain could not function enough to get me to do that. I would just sit there. And I was like, God, are you saying anything? Nope. I will speak to you when I'm ready. Can you imagine you've had a spot? Because look what it says. Speak, Lord, your servant hears. And then what it says, Samuel went and laid down in his place. What's your place? What's your spot? And it's not a physical place only. It's a disposition of the heart. And the Lord came and stood and called Samuel at other times. If every single day you quieted down and said, speak, Lord. Middle of the day, you're driving to work. Speak, Lord. Someone's cursing at you. Speak, Lord. Someone's asking you a question. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. <laughs> That's a powerful thing. If that could be the habit of your life, I promise you because God is faithful, because his word is faithful, his word will never return void. I promise you, if you had that habit of asking God that throughout your whole life, you will look back and look at the major decisions you made and how they were, they, they, they ended up being amazing relationships, amazing jobs, amazing financial decisions. It would come from those times you told God, I'm listening. Trust me, he's never going to give you bad advice. And so Luke says, God, tell me what you're doing. This first step of smelling the roses in your relationship with God. Same thing you're going to do with yourself. Same thing you're going to do with others. But we're just talking about your relationship with God. The first step is to, is to draw near to God and 
acknowledge and appreciate the fact that he's there and that there already is a love and relationship that God is proactively pursuing with you. We only can love God because he has loved us first. For 1 John 4, 9, the Bible says draw near to God and he will draw near to you. He's already drawn near to you. Now check this out. If God is proactively loving you, which he is, which he has been since the beginning of time. He's already doing his part. And if you would just slow down enough to, to realize the relationship you already have with God and the relationship he's already pursuing with you, all you have to do is submit to that. And, and if he already loves you, that means his love that cast out fear. He's already cast it out. His love cast out fear. So if he's loving you, the fear is gone. His love adopts you. He's already adopted. His love forgives you. You're already forgiven. His love encourages you. You're already encouraged. His love empowers you. You're already empowered. He's already done all this. And we're walking around going, I don't know where God is. He's like, I'm doing this. I'm doing it. I mean, he's over here. He's to your right. He's to your left. He's below you. He's like, I'm over here. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. And we'll walk around not even noticing the relationship we have with God. But if we would stop slow enough and even ask God, show me, show me how much you love me. Show me what you have planned for my life. Show me what you want me to do. Give me some advice. If we would just slow down enough and appreciate and acknowledge the relationship we already have with God. The relationship you can have if you just submitted to what he's already, he can't love you anymore. He's done and is doing Everything he can. Now it's just up to us to submit to it. You can't get him to love you anymore. So step one. Step one is meticulously acknowledge the proactivity. Proactivity. I don't know if that's a word. I haven't looked it up. But I think it's a word. I think it's a word. But how God is being proactive in loving you. Ask him to reveal it to you. Check us out. Imagine if you said to God, God, I know you love me. I really do. I see it. Can you open my eyes so I can see it? Watch that. Do that. Can you open my eyes so I can see it? And watch what he shows you. And by the way, he ain't going to show you something that's not there. Number two, patiently study the rose. In other words, God God has this relationship He's already been pursuing with you since the beginning of time. We've been ignorant to it. So we're not noticing that God is there. We're noticing what God is doing. The power of his love that he's already expressing to you. Now it's time to to study it, to understand it. Because a lot of times we do not understand God. Look what it says in 1 Samuel 3.15. Samuel laid down until morning opened his doors of the house of Eli, and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Why? Because when God, when Samuel said, speak, Lord, your servant listens, he told that he was going, he told God what he was going to do, what God was going to do to Eli. It wasn't good. So Samuel didn't want to tell him. And he says he was scared. And let me read that verse again. First Samuel, it says, Samuel lay down in the morning after God spoke to him and said, he's going to do something Eli, Eli ain't going to like. And he opened the door, and when he woke up, he opened the doors to the house of the Lord after he lay down until morning. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli. Now, Samuel is, his, has this new, developing, budding relationship with God. He's just hearing his voice, and God is getting ready to raise Samuel up to be the greatest prophet in Israel, the first prophet, priest, and king in Israel. And he's raising him up. He's a little kid, and, and he's telling him, Here's what I'm going to do. This is scary for Samuel because he's a little boy, got to tell this older mentor this bad news. And he's like, how is this good? I thought you loved me, God. 
He's like, no, 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 you, you, don't you don't understand my love. Because if you're going to be who I called you to be, there's going to be some difficult times. I shaved my rose bushes back, and I was told this by some of the rose whisperers in my life. When you shave those plants back, and by the way, I have uh, rose bushes and rose trees. <laughs> I didn't even know that word existed until two weeks ago. They're actually, they, I have rose trees that are like this high right now. And they, just, they go straight up. And they're amazing. And I'll chop them boy, bad boys back to nubs, just nubs. And then a few days later, I get these little reddish stalks and then a bud. And then out of that bud, red and purple and orange and orange red. And, and I'm watching it happen. But when you cut it back to nubs, you think it's dead. It's never going to come back. Oh, yeah. It's going to come back. Listen, when you patiently study what the rose, what God is doing in your life, and you patiently say, God, show me what you are doing in my life. You have to distinguish between what God is doing and what you want him to do. A lot of times when we don't get what we want, we think God's mad at me. Oh, shut up. You got to ask God, God, you just took this away from me. What are you doing? I bought a, when I was playing with the Chargers, I bought a Mercedes Benz. I should have never bought this car, ever. It had no purpose. It was completely the ego thing. I think I'm supposed to have, it, was, it wasn't even a new made Mercedes Benz. It was not my style. It was, it was, and I bought it from another player. So it was like, it was right in front of me. Okay, let me do this. And it was, I thought it was cheap. Anyway, I had this car. I never liked it. And I remember driving that car, going, I got to get rid of this car. God didn't want me to have that car. And this guy bought the car for me, no lie. We were in PB, standing in front of his apartment or his house, and he said to me these words, I have no idea why I'm buying this car. I don't even need it. And I just said, zip it. <laughs> you are, I mean, in my head, I'm like, God's getting this car out of my life because he didn't want me to have it. And at least I realized it. But there are sometimes God's doing stuff in our life and we don't realize it because it don't make us happy. When you study the rose with God, you have to ask him, God, I don't understand this. I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. Show me what you're doing. I had to realize with the rose that it's okay to cut these things back because they're going to grow even bigger. The Bible says that a father only disciplines his son that he loves. And when God is either disciplining you or taking something from you that's going to be hurtful, if you keep it, whatever, or, or allowing you to go through a trial, he's only doing that because he loves you. And if you don't understand that, you're going to go through, I like God, I don't like God, I like God, I don't like God. You can't do that. You have to be like, I trust God. He love, loves me every day, no more, he can't love me anymore, and I'm just going to trust him more and more and more and understand what he is doing in my life more and more every day. That's how you smell the rose of this relationship. You start to understand and be patient and say, God, show me. Ask God, tell me, speak, Lord, what do you, I'm listening. What do you want me to tell? What do you want to tell me? Ask God, God, help me understand what this is going on. Help me understand this situation. Help me understand this relationship. Give me wisdom. If you ask God for wisdom, he will give it to you. If you ask him to open your eyes, he will open your eyes. Number three, meticulously, faithfully, consistently care 
for the rose. Remember, the rose is the relationship. The rose is not the plant. It's not God himself. It's the relationship you have with God. It's, the, it's understanding the love that you have for God and that he has for you. Understanding his ways. Meticulously care for that. Understand it. Tend to it. Nurture it. The Bible says Samuel grew. Uh, um, 1 Samuel 3.19 to chapter 4 verse 1. Samuel grew. He increased in strength and understanding. He increased in strength and understanding. He grew and the Lord was with him. Not only did he grow physically, but he grew in his understanding and his relationship with God. He grew in his wisdom of God. He grew in his wisdom of God's love. His relationship was budding a rose. He was smelling the roses. He was nurturing this relationship between him and God. He was becoming more and more dependent on God. The Bible says he grew and the Lord was with him and let no, the Lord let none of his words fall to the ground. In other words, Samuel spoke what God spoke. Not because he had it in his head, but because he was downloading stuff. You talk about wireless, he was downloading God's word. Bam, bam. And he was speaking. His words wouldn't go to the ground. They were like changing, moving mountains. And all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba, all of Israel knew that Samuel had been established as the prophet of the Lord. The Lord, then the Lord appeared to him again in Shiloh. For the Lord himself revealed himself to Samuel and Shiloh by the word of the Lord. God revealed himself by his word. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. How do you meticulously care for your relationship with God? And how do you meticulously care for the rose? Meticulously, consistently nurture this relationship. Just remember, God is loving you constantly. He is proactively and has been proactively loving you, caring for you, forgiving you, cleansing you, calling you, prepping you. And, and his grace is all around you. His presence is all around you. And we've been walking around, hey, I don't know where God is. And he's like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm over here. Wherever you go, I'm, I'm there. We have to, one, slowly acknowledge and approach it and appreciate it. We have to patiently understand it, study it. I don't understand what God's doing. I want to learn more. And then we have to meticulously, meticulously care for it, nurture it. We go back to the plant metaphor. All the plant metaphors in the Bible require an environment where things grow. You know, people say, I got to read the Bible every morning. Well, what's better is that you create an environment in your heart that God can speak to you. Some people do it in the morning, some people do it in the afternoon, but there is an environment in your heart that your heart is in a position to say, Lord, I hear you. I'm in a position to receive you. If you can meticulously care for that environment where fruit can grow. Remember, <laughs> the fruit of the spirit, the branch on the vine. These plant metaphors where you can consistently nurture an environment where the fruit of your relationship with God, the rose, the loving relationship you have with God can grow and bud and be multiplied. Where it's quiet, receptive, humble, hungry. And God will direct you. But the first step is saying, Lord, I want to receive you as my Savior. My heart is ready to submit. My heart is ready to receive forgiveness, receive your love. And if you would like to do that, I want to pray for you and lead you in a prayer. Prayer is simple. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I've been pushing you away. I open my heart, acknowledge that Jesus died and rose for me. 
Jesus, I for, forgive me, please. Come in my heart. I'm going to pray that with you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But I want you to repeat it to me. But your words are only as effective as your heart is receptive. So bow your heads with me wherever you are. I want you to pray this prayer. If you would like to receive the salvation that Jesus has for you. In the privacy of heart, pray, dear God, please forgive me of my sin. Please fill me with the spirit of God. I receive the salvation of the Lord. I want to walk in a relationship with him. I want to understand your love for me. And I want to nurture our love for one another. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, please text the word SAVED to 52525. Text the word SAVED to 52525. We want to help you in nurturing that relationship with God. I want to thank all of y'all for um, being with us. Thank all of you for your financial generosity. Um, I want to share a very short message in Matthew 19, 27, where Peter is kind of complaining about all the sacrifice he made to follow Jesus. And he says, see, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? And sometimes we feel like, well, I did this for God, I did this for God, and God hasn't given me the things that I deserve. And now you want to take from me more. There's a law in the Bible and about giving. It's, it's the law of, the, of rightful reward. God always gives us more than we deserve. Always. If you look at all the things God has given you, you don't deserve it. I, mean, I know I look at the things God has given me, I don't deserve it. And you may say, well, I pray to accept the Lord. Did you deserve the millionth chance to get to do that? And all the blessings God has given us. And so when Peter's up here complaining, it's like, wait a minute. And whenever I find myself complaining, whenever I hear people complain, I'm like, man, <clears throat> I'm blessed. Raise your hand if you're blessed, like beyond what you should deserve. So there's three things about the law of right for reward. One, rewards are granted by God, not man. God is the one who lifts up and puts down. God is the one. Promotion does not come from the east or the west. Promotion comes from God. If you got a great job, God got it for you. If you got a great body, you got a great mind, you got a great uh, intellect on math or English or history, God gave it to you. If you got a great family, God gave it to you. Period. Well, I did this, I did God gave you the ability and the wisdom and opportunity to do all those things. And He allows you to still be alive and functional to be able to do those things. God it comes from God. Thank God. Say, God, thank you for what I have. Number two, instead of comparing your rewards to others, trust God. Don't compare. There's always going to be someone more than you. There's always going to be someone prettier than you, smarter than you, more blessed than you, uh, uh, more fortunate than you. That's life. Just trust God. Be faithful with what you have. Number three, instead of making contracts with God, trust him. In other words, don't say, God, I'll do this if you do this. I'll do this if you do this. Eh. You know, what if, what if God said, no, I'm not doing anything. Where would you be left? Woohoo! Just say, God, I just, I'm not going to make a contract with you. We have a covenant. You love me. I love you. I trust you. Period. Whatever you want to do. 
God has taken from me and given to me. God has taken from me and given to me. And every time at the end of the day, he was right. So as we prepare to give, I just want you to just be faithful to what God's telling you to do and trust what he's saying. And in the context of this whole sermon, ask God, God, show me, show me, affirm I'm doing the right thing. Woo, watch what he does. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you that you are God that rewards us according to your righteousness, your faithfulness, and your love. And I pray for all the people who are giving today. I pray you bless them. I pray that you would open their eyes and affirm in their heart how much you love them, the plans you have for their life, and how pleased you are with their generosity. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to give, just text the word uh, give to 52525. Text the word give to 52525. Thank you very much. God bless you and may God honor your faithfulness.